welcome into today's Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. I am Colm Gronin and I am joined as always by my colleague Stuart. Uh, a strange NFL season continues to surprise Roach. Stuart, how are you doing today? I'm good, Colm. I'm good. Yes, it's it's this might be the strangest NFL season, I think, um, outside of strike years or I suppose COVID um, because look you know there was a, a very good sports movie made um, around this could be cliche but any given Sunday has never been more appropriate in my opinion than it has been this season um, bonkers results left right and centre and it has to be said Colin that the Broncos are um, on a now weekly basis responsible for a great deal of those bonkers results um, and in fairness, it has now uh, sort of just swung in our direction. And I have to say, Colm, it, uh, I, they've made a believer of me. Um, I don't know how. I think we've gone to the well a lot so far this season. I think we're going to need to continue going to the well. But I, I do think that that game um, against the Vikings through the night now has led us to crucial game against the Browns at the weekend which to me Colm is now I think taking on the shape of possibly the most important game the Broncos have played in many many years and given the start that we had we're almost in playoff mode every week for the rest of the season we do not have a huge amount of wriggle room the assumption would have to be that 10 wins uh, are going to be required to get you in maybe 9 but you know if you wanted to be saved 10 so we need to win most of the rest of our games but I think if we continue to play the way we are with a couple of improvements I think we've got a really good chance because I think things are beginning to break our way for example obviously Dobbs who is a good story but you know isn't Kirk Cousins this season um, and you know for example the game we're going to play which we're going to touch on against the Browns obviously they're going to start a rookie QB who had a good game the other day but I think we have a chance Colin and I'm not the first person to say this, and, and I very much doubt I'm going to be the last, but it does begin to echo Tim Tebow's playoff season in the sense that it was largely to do with outstanding defense. Um, the odd the miracle play towards the end of the game by the offense, who up to that point had been largely stagnant. Um, and hey, I, I'm here for it. I, just in case anybody sort of decides to say, I'm not saying that Russell Wilson is as ordinary or as, you know, let's be honest with poor QB as, as as Tim Tebow was he isn't Russell Wilson um, you know is a, probably a Hall of Fame quarterback um, but I do begin to it does remind me of that season Colm um, I'm not sure how sustainable it is we will come to that later on we really do need the, deep, the offense to start to step up from here on in but hey you know given where we were a couple of weeks ago Colm where we legitimately spoke about tearing the whole thing down and starting from scratch, I think, hey, you know, it, it's great. It's exciting. It feels like we're relevant again. And as as slim as it, as it might be, we are in the playoff hunt. When you see those graphics, you know, on, on NFL Network and all that kind of stuff, the Broncos are now there. Yes, we're down towards the bottom of the list of in the hunt, but hey, at least we are on that list, which if you'd said to me two or three weeks ago, I would have thought that you were needing to be sectioned. So there, that's where we are. And I, I'm all for it. Yeah, no, it is, it's great to be relevant. And I can certainly say that uh, it, staying up uh, and watching those games, which end 
over here at kind of 430 uh 440 a.m uh it having a win makes the next day in infinitely uh, easier uh, and there is a, a pep in the the step um i look you know by the time we're recording this this was a lot has been said in relation to the the minnesota game so we won't dwell too much on that but one of the outcomes from it has been once again kareem jackson is suspended um your your take uh, on you know uh, all, all things Kjack. Well, this is we are coming on, Colin. The news brought that his four yard suspension has been upheld. Uh, I don't think that can be a surprise to anybody. I think you know the the four game suspension that he got earlier on in the season that was then reduced to two with a clear warning um, that you need to change your ways. He has either decided not to change his ways or he's incapable of changing his ways, Columns. And, and both of those two options, you know, are, are really, you, you just kind of wonder what's going on there with him. Like, he's going to miss most of the rest of the season. And, you know, I'm not sure what the status of Locke is because I know Locke missed the game. You know, Kajak, he, he was lucky in the sense that he came back just as Locke was, was, was struggling with injuries. So, you know, I mean, we've seen his teammates come rallying around, which you, you're going to get anyway. But, like, I, I just have no idea how anybody could have complained about that decision. It was a clear helmet-to-helmet hit. There was all sorts of nonsense spoken about the fact that Dobbs was no longer quarterback. He's a running back. It doesn't matter. You're not allowed to lead with your head. You're not allowed to make helmet-to-helmet contact in any way, shape, or form, no matter what the situation is on the field. Um, and he has previous, like this is what, is this the fourth or the fifth time he's either been ejected or it was missed and subsequently banned? Colin, you said it weeks ago. I keep going back to it. If he played for the Raiders and if he was doing that to our players, we would have been up in arms on countless times this season. Um, so, you know, and, and to be honest with you, Colin, he's not even that good a player anymore that it warrants all the, 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 the sort of the, you know, the cries of, of, of the NFL are out to get us. And honestly, but the NFL are out to screw the Broncos by targeting Kareem Jackson. Really? That, that's that's where, where, where we're at. No, the NFL are not trying to screw us by targeting Kareem Jackson. Kareem Jackson is out to screw himself by just refusing to adjust his game. It's 2023. Kareem Jackson seems to be under the impression it's 1973. Uh, you know, he thinks he's Jack Tatum. He isn't. Um, that's a long time ago. And very, very good reasons why those kind of hits have never been outlawed. We, we, we've been on a over it before on the on the podcast column. Everybody knows it. Um, you know, CTE is a word that is now far more prevalent in sport than it was beforehand. The players themselves introduced these rules of the NF, NFL PFA, I think it was. And um, there should be no more hand wringing. This is a justified ban. Um, and I would be disappointed to be honest if we saw Jackson in the Broncos uniform from here on in. There's just there's nothing to be gained from being back because he's got to do it again. Everything that he's done so far this season, Colin, suggests that once he comes back from his ban, he'll do exactly the same thing again. And there has to come a point where you go, look, enough is enough. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, that was the one Sarah out from the victory of the night, but not unexpected, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I would, I think, echo um, everything you, you said. The... There has been a huge outcry uh, amongst Broncos fans, Broncos media. I, I don't see how he can defend what he did. And I, I think, Stuart, I mean, I, people have slowed it down, different angles, all this. 
to me, it doesn't matter if it wasn't even exactly helmet helmet. He launched himself like a missile. You cannot do this anymore. Now, I can get on board with the argument that the NFL itself is hypocritical. Uh, you know, that there are other players who should equally get suspended. But you can't have it every which way. I, I think I mentioned it either last week or the week before. We now have over 350 diagnosed cases of CTE. Those are known cases. Um, and there will be more as the, the year goes on. So people can wish and hope and, and want football to to be different. It can't be different. And, it, you know, it, the, it can't be different because A, people's health, but B, for the NFL themselves, they know what it's going to cost them. They have to settle. The bill rightly is over a billion right now and will continue to go up. So... Yeah, I I think you can look at some of the NFL films and the history and kind of they, yeah, sure, they big up some of the hits. I know they put out one recently about John Lynch. Yes, he was a massive hitter. And yes, football has changed. But research has shown us what happens when you hit people in the head or when you launch somebody. And the, the NFL have a duty of care and teams themselves should have a duty of care and players should have a duty of care both to themselves and to their fellow professionals. So, yeah, I, I, I think, should you know, can you say Kareem Jackson has been targeted as such? Yeah, he probably has because he's continuously done it and he had just come back from a suspension. And this is a guy who was suspended was tweeting that he didn't particularly care um, whether he got caught or not because he made his money. So none of those things help him. Um, you know, when you are trying to plead mitigation. So he he did appeal it. He did try. But like, you know, they're going to bring up the tweets. They're going to bring up the previous history. So, yeah, there. And, and this is a guy who's been suspended previously for, for PEDS. Um, you know, th- this guy has a long history. Um, and he's obviously a beloved and cult favorite. Um, but the you cannot play you pointed it out short we pointed it out we've talked about it before and and yet here we're still talking about it because he's suspended again it is 2023 you cannot play in in the way in which they they used to play and again wishing and hoping live in nostalgia but the the league has changed the way the league enforces rules has changed and there is no going back to the way things used to be and it is as simple as that so the broncos will play the remainder, the vast majority of the remainder of their games without Kareem Jackson, perhaps he'll get a farewell, uh, you know, um, you know, to chance to, to say goodbye to the, the mile high crowd, because I cannot see how even the Broncos bring him back next season after he's had two suspensions again this year. Um, anyway, moving on, looking ahead to the the game against the, the Browns, which they are an interesting team. Because they are phenomenal on defense. They have, I would argue, the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year in Miles Garrett, who ha- is the sack leader. But we've also seen him jump over the line to block a field goal. He should have had a safety against the, the Steelers. I think the refs were very generous with the spot there. And he is a game wrecker. Um, and he's, he's very difficult to plot against. They also have unbelievably, you know, they are their QB situation is reminiscent of uh, some of the stuff we have seen 
uh, the Broncos over recent years. They're on their third starter this year. It is the rookie. Um, they've brought Joe Flacco into the building, which I'm very surprised by because um, we have seen that Joe, Joe Flacco got hot at the right time, got a big contract off of that, was never again the, the same QB and has absolutely been low diminishing returns. He doesn't want to mentor anyone. And the Jets, where he spent the prior to going to Cleveland, but like prior to uh, th- this season, he spent some time with the Jets, even though they were in, you know, QBL after Aaron Rodgers going down, they never made a move. I thought that was telling. I'm surprised the Browns have done this. But what's your assessment, I suppose, of the the Browns as we head into that game, Stuart? Yeah, phenomenal defense, Colin. Um, I watched uh, quite a bit of that game that they played um, against uh, Pittsburgh at the weekend. And... um, Offensively, they're struggling. Obviously, I think even before Watson was put on IR, he he wasn't having a particularly good season column. So I think what you're going to get with the bread is you're going to get a heavy dose of, of, of um, the football ran at you um, and you're going to get a swarming aggressive defense. Um, I don't think this is going to be an easy game, even allowing for the fact that the uh, Brands QB situation is in the state that it's in. And they are, they're starting the rookie again. like uh, you know, And that makes sense because he, he did enough at the weekend, but you know, this is a this is a difficult game, Colin. And, and, and you know, it's been exciting. It's been it's been nail biting. You know, we got out of jail a little bit against the um, Bills with that field goal that was missed, and then they they twelve men. That game against the Vikings, we could have very easily lost. As I said earlier on, that the offense was was dormant for most of the game. Then you know, suddenly they they were able to perform miracles at the very end. Corliss Sutton again with an. Incredible catch to, to 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 bail us out of trouble. I, that is not sustainable, Colin. To be honest with you, and I think we need to start to see the offense clicking. We need to start to see the offense getting into gear earlier. Yeah, because there's only so many times that you can you can rely on a player to pull out a miracle. And um, I was disappointed. The one of the, the things that disappointed me about the Vikings, Colin. Again, the Vikings have an astonishingly effective defense as well. I didn't think we ran the ball particularly well, Colin. I think we had run the ball well in recent weeks. Um, I think the top rusher was was Javante with about 36, 37 yards. Um, that's not going to get it done against the Browns, Colin. Um, so I do think we need better offensive efficiency. I think Russell has has done well to adapt to his new role as game manager for you know five-sixths of the game. And then for the last two, three minutes, he turns into the old Russell Wilson where he's scrambling and producing these incredible passes. Um, I think we need a little bit more than that. I, I I've been pleasantly surprised with the results, Colin, but I do think that we we do we need to start to see a little bit more offensively. There is talk. I think that um, Dulcich is there. There was a rumor that he might be back in the next week or two. Um, if we could get some kind of production from the tight end room, I think that would help. Um, and I do think. You know, but I, having said all that, Colin, I do think our defense—it's not as lauded as the Browns' defense. We don't have the same sort of array of of household names. We don't have a Miles Garrett in the sense that you know, say Von Miller would have been in the past, or or Demarcus Ware would have been in recent past. We don't have one of those, but we do have young, hungry pass rushes, and we do have a tremendous secondary. Um, despite Kareem Jackson's sort of head hunting. Um, and I, I think we we match up well, and I think we will be able to give the Browns QB an awful lot of problems. 
especially as it's as it's in Denver. Um, but I think, Con, this is going to be a very, very close game. I, I think this could be by a field goal. I think, you know, I, I can see us winning this one 17-10, 17-14, something like that. I think this is, you know, for all those people who, who are defending Jackson and seem to want to return to the old sort of ways of the NFL in the 80s, I think they're going to get a dose of 80s NFL football now in Denver at the weekend because I think this is going to be a sort of a dour, tough um, you know, hard-nosed football game. Um, but I, I do think, Colin, if we are serious about getting into the playoff hunt properly and getting one of those wild cards, I think this is the game that we have to win. Um, there was a stat that came on, or there was a predictor that came on during the week, Colin, uh, our old fan Zach Seegers put it up, that the New York Times has a playoff predictor, which apparently is is one of the most accurate out there. After we beat the Vikings, the New York Times predictor has us at a 20% chance of making the playoffs. However, if we beat the Browns, that jumps up to over 50%. So I think that kind of just illustrates the importance of this game. Um, and I think if we win this game, then we set ourselves up really nicely to go and play the Texans uh, in Houston, which should be a tremendous game because they've got, you know, clearly the... Uh, the offensive rookie of the year, if not the rookie of the year in CJ Stroud. But you know, that's a chat for next week. But I'm I'm excited for this Browns game, Carlo. I think I think it's going to be a good game. And I do think that I, I as I said, I'm a believer now. I think we'll scrape the win, but I, I do think it's going to be desperately close yet again. It'd be lovely if we could win a game like, you know, like 17 points or something, kind of chill out in the fourth quarter, you know, kind of run down the clock. But it doesn't seem to be the way. But hey, it's better than losing 70, 20 or whatever it was. We still put at the hands of the Dolphins. Um, I, I think these next two games are, are huge. Uh, I, I do think this will be a really difficult game against the, the Browns because while the focus, I think, has been on Deshaun Watson and how poor he has been and what a bad trade that ultimately was, the Browns have scored more points than the Chiefs. So... While their offense uh, struggles, they have at times been able to to put up points. And people will point and, and say, well, who are they playing, you know? Um, but they scored 39 points against the, the Colts. Uh, they scored 33 points against the Ravens. Uh, they put 27 on the, the Titans. They put 27 on the, the Cardinals. And that defense, as we've you know, talked about is is ferocious. I think Jim Schwartz has them playing at a wonderful level. Um, I I think this if the Broncos get a win, it does set up that you know um that game in in Houston to be really pivotal. I do wish this is one where you know unfortunately you look back and you think oh if we hadn't been so bad at the start of the season, um we wouldn't kind of find ourselves in the predicament that we do. But I, I do think it is going to be a really tough game against uh, a Browns team who are obviously very, very good. Uh, defensively, everybody knows that. But I think people um, don't maybe appreciate, uh, you know, how they can still score points. Uh, I, I, they didn't last week, but they were playing against a very good uh, Steelers uh, defense. And I think that was one of the, the reasons there. And, you know, um, they have some tough runners like this. I, I think your your uh, what you said about football from the 80s. That's what I think. Yeah, we're we're likely to to see um, because there are probably a lot of similarities in, in many ways 
between these two franchises in some ways. Uh, they have uh, Kareem Hunt because Chubb is out, very tough runner. Um, you know, similar in some ways, play style, not as a person. Uh, don't get me wrong there. We know about his off the field history, uh, but similar kind of running style, perhaps to um, Javante. Uh, they, in Elijah Moore, they have uh, a decent uh, wide receiver. Now we've seen Cortland Sutton come alive. I think we're going to need Cortland. Um, we're going to need um, Judy. We're going to, it's going to need a big game for them. I, I imagine we're going to see lots of screens. I imagine we're going to see lots of passes uh, that are looking for yards after catch uh, because they are difficult um, to, the, the pass go, rush gets after you. The secondary is good. Um, can we do it? We certainly can. And being at home is a, is a real bonus and the nice thing Stuart for us on this side of the Atlantic is that they flexed the Texans game uh, the following week so my hope I suppose is that yes um, we we can get the the victory to this um, but the Browns are seven and three for a reason as well so this is these next two games it, it, I I suppose I would look at it as realistically and, you know, the the playoffs will be tough. But I think if we were to want us to win both, but if we were to win one of the next two, I think if you don't beat the Browns at the weekend, in terms of your playoff hopes, you have to win in Houston. And that is not easy against CJ Stroud and um, what D'Amico Ryans is, is doing there. So it makes your home games so, so important because you've also got to go on the road to Detroit. And that will be tough because Jared Goff in a dome is a very very talented player. Um, You know, you can say it'd be much easier again if Jared Goff was was coming here. And then, uh, you know, we would be uh, facing off against him in the the open air. But I, I think this is a tough game. I think it's a coin flip game. Um, it's a game where, just like the last couple of weeks, it is going to be, uh, the, to use that famous uh, Alex Ferguson phrase, squeaky bump time uh, in, the, in the fourth quarter. And certainly I would absolutely take a, a one-point victory if you were to offer me that right now. I don't have expectations of us um, winning by more than uh, a, a field goal. Um, is there anything at this point that that you want to to add to to this week's episode? No, I think we're coming out. No, it's you know as I said, it's it's great to finally feel like you know maybe this is as good as it's going to get for us this season, Colin. But I do think it's worth remembering just how bad things were a couple of weeks ago. And um, I know I was slagging you recently about Vance Joseph. I do think he deserves a huge amount of credit. Also, I think um, our special teams this year, Colin, have been superb. And in the last few years, our special teams have been a train wreck. Um, so I think our special teams coordinator deserves a huge amount of credit for that as well. And, um, you know, they're the, they're the things that that can make differences, I think, you know, and takeaways. Suddenly we, I don't know if the amount of takeaways we've had over the last few weeks is is some kind of a free call because I'm not sure if that's sustainable because we've had a huge amount of takeaways in the last couple of weeks, uh, which obviously makes a, a big difference when it comes down in those closed games. Um, so no, I, I, I look, you know, as I said, it's, 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 it was, it was great to, 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 I think the Buffalo game was the turning point for me, Colin, cause I, I didn't, I didn't see us beating Buffalo at all. I know they had some turmoil. I know obviously then they fired Dorsey afterwards, but I didn't expect that. So I think that's when I began to 
to kind of turn things around. You know, it, it, as a fan, I kind of went, okay, I think we have a chance. So then it was great to see that game against the Vikings. But, you know, as you said there, because of the start to the season, we didn't give ourselves a huge amount of wriggle room. I think we have to win this game against the Browns because, as you very rightly said, if we lose against the Browns, then you're going into Houston with enormous pressure. Um, and that's a damn good Houston Texans team that has been turned around in no time by Ryan's. Um, but look, it's it's as I said, it's a it's a far cry from where we were when you know. Let's be honest: if the Dolphins had been bothered to put a hundred points up on us, they probably could have, but they decided to take it easy. Um, you know, so I I think you know let's 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 see where it takes us. Um, I, there's enough games on the schedule, Colin, for us that I think we can win. That I think I think this thing will go down to the wire. I think. You know, and at the start of the season, both of us um, had hope for a winning season or a season that had us in the shout going into the last two weeks of a, of a wild card. Um, and it looks like that's gonna gonna be what we what we might get. And I think that's something to be to be happy about. And I think it's also something to make us optimistic about the future. So it's a it's it's a long way from where we were at. I'm really pleasantly surprised, Colin. So I hope it continues at the weekend, and let's keep look riding this thing uh, for as long as we can. Yeah, um, that that's it. The only thing I'll add to the end of this week's episode is if people haven't seen it, and hopefully most people have, if you didn't get to see Mark Wahlberg's appearance on the Manning Cast, uh, make uh, make sure you can search it out. Uh, it is a man going through deep pain. Uh, he is a Patriots fan, and uh, he was very unhappy. He made a, he, that very, you know, he he was grumpy throughout. He was snippy throughout. Um, but that is marvelous to watch as a fan of another team. Uh, to watch him uh, be really annoyed, and uh, he at one point said uh, that the Giants beating the Patriots. Um, in the unbeaten up to that point unbeaten Patriots in the Super Bowl still haunted him uh, which Eli Manning replied good to hear uh, that's, <laughs> a, that's how well the interview went um, he got he got very slippy and they let him go shortly after that uh, so if you if you are an, as Broncos fans I, I urge people to, to search it out because um, you know also, as well, Colin, while you're on that kind of subject, if you haven't seen it yet, the Demarcus Ware Football Life that was broadcast last uh, Saturday night, I think, uh, is tremendous, and it's a, a lovely jaunt down memory lane um, for for that Super Bowl winning season in 2015. Uh, well, we're checking out if you can find it. Yeah, what a what a player and what a leader, and we would not have won uh, that Super Bowl without his leadership. I think that is a, a piece when you hear the and and it's covered in, within that when you hear players talk about the speeches that himself and Peyton gave the night before the Super Bowl and how influential they both were, and that's the piece that outside experts I think forget when they look at that Broncos Super Bowl fifty team. Um, yeah, Peyton wasn't the player that he once was, but his leadership and his willingness to, you know, share leadership with people like Demarcus uh, was enormously influential. So, yeah, I would echo what Stuart is saying and check that out. If you enjoy the podcast, please do rate, review, subscribe, um, reach out to us. Uh, we'd love to to hear from you. Um, we know that uh, other people um don't always share all of our opinions, uh, maybe when it comes to Cream Jackson, but we would uh, enjoy hearing from you. Um, you can find Stuart on Twitter at PurpleRTC. I'm across social media at Cullum from Cork. 
Um, we hope you all enjoy Thanksgiving. Not entirely sure when this episode is going out, but if it goes out after Thanksgiving, hope you all enjoyed the uh, the time. Um, and we will be back next week when we will see what happened against the Browns and look forward to the Broncos on the road to the Houston Texans. For now, go Broncos. Go Broncos. And one last thing, Colin, uh, there's a rumor that myself and yourself could be in the Woolshed Bar giving the flex uh, for the Texans on Sunday week. So if you vehemently disagree with any of our opinions, you're more than welcome to tell us face-to-face, albeit in a friendly, jovial uh, kind of a fashion. And uh, as well, hopefully there'll be a few Patriots fans that we can uh, continue to annoy with uh, tales of Mark Wahlberg's woe. So hey, go Broncos.